I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 34 and preview of round 35. The final fall round of the 2018 season. Oh my gosh. Uh, this episode brought to you by MLS Fantasy Insider, The Musical. <clears throat> so long. Actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by co-hosts Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. And we'd also like to welcome our special guest, Matt Pollard from Last Word on Soccer, who's completing his MLSFI triple play hat trick, maybe would have been a better term to say, uh, of the season. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me on again, Reed. Uh, really, really happy to be on here and finally talk about the Colorado Rapids not being on an extended losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could finish strong on this. You can really just set off uh, 2018 with, uh, with a good note. Yeah, three games unbeaten. I mean, if, if nothing else, they had that big win against Minnesota United that caused, you know, the unfortunate meltdown, but that uh, that also eliminated them from winning, in air quotes, the uh, uh, 2018 Wooden Spoon, which I'm sure everyone at Angel City Brigade will be very happy to ship up north to uh, the San Jose Ultras this offseason. <laughs> which we call AKA the Andrew Weeby Award. <laughs> oh, I the official name of it, I thought, was the uh, the Anthony Precourt Memorial Sports Trophy. <laughs> There's a lot of good names. There's a lot of good yes, names for it. Yes, uh, you Use any and all of them. Yes, use any and all of them interchangeably and, and go forth. King of uh, nothing and, uh, and, and kingdom of the, the land of the blind. <laughs> well, guys, this is uh, the last round. We have one more fantasy round left. So uh, this is the last re game review, game week review we're going to give. So tell me, how did uh, round 34 go for you? How did your teams do? And just, just some general reactions, Matt. Um, well, I've officially been eliminated from the playoffs. I lost in the first round, unfortunately, during the middle of that, uh, the, um, the midweek or not the midweek, excuse me, the, uh, the international break and everybody that I had for, um, Minnesota United crapped the bed and I picked the, all the wrong players for LAFC, but overall a decent week for me, um, 154 points on that um, big bump for, you know, picking all the right DC United players. And then I got some really good bench contributions. I've been doing the um, two reserve players who aren't going to play in the field and sort of picking the three of the two of the best three uh, bench options I had. And I made a nice little switch right before RSL kicked off. So uh, Demir Krylich and Dom Dwyer off the bench for a combined 24 points for me and everybody else. I, I won't go down the whole lineup, uh, but uh, pretty much took care of business other than uh, Kai Kamara's red card. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there. <laughs> uh, Blaine, uh, I finished the round with one sixty-five, um, week rank ninety-nine. So no complaints here. Um, 
only had one real mistake in my lineup, and that was I brought in Rubio thinking he was going to do more, and I think he's lost his starting spot since he didn't play in Dallas. Um, huge note, though, with Shallowy on the bench with 24 points. I think that might be the highest score of the round, if I'm not mistaken. So can't complain there with one of those 6.3 million. Actually, I think he was less than six at the time. So, yeah, uh, 90, round rank 99 is a good way to start uh, try to finish off the season here. Mike. Uh, well, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, you know, based on the intro, I might just want to stop doing fantasy podcasts and join a barbershop quartet. Since <laughs> I only got 138 points. Um, I went in with Roldan and Will Bruin, and that did bupkis for me. Um, and then I had, um, like, Kleshen on the bench, which would have been great if uh, Ford didn't play, although Ford's nine points wasn't too bad. And then Martinez and Gressel um, didn't whip up on Chicago like um, I was hoping. So, uh, yeah, pretty much a bad week um, all around. And so I'm out of the playoffs now and not much to play for in this last week. Ah, serves you right. That's what I have to say. Is there for a picking Will Bruin? For picking Will Bruin, that, that's what I get. It serves me right. Wow. I will never pick Will <laughs> Bruin again. Sure. Uh, yeah, Seattle was definitely the, the curveball there. Uh, trophy for the league. It's been just bragging rights, but maybe I can chip off a scarf if, if Older Goaler or, or Phil wants one so we can see, uh, spoilers, what, uh, what happens with that. Uh, for myself, I had 129, which was a pretty disappointing score, and it was disappointing mostly because uh, my Colorado switcheroos decided to play, so that, that left uh, – 19 points for me on the bench. So I would have had in the 140s. So that was disappointing. And of course, Kai Kamara's red card. Otherwise, solid scores all around. Most people being in the double digits. I made some changes uh, when Ladero was not playing um, to have my Ladero list team. Uh, Might have been better with Ladero, but I had Alonzo and Roldan in there that had 17 total. Um, had some good DC players, not the right DC captain, uh, Acosta over Rooney there. But otherwise, Leardham, Zusi, Mora, Hamid. All, all strong players right there, but I really would have liked to have that 16 points off the bench from Russell. That would have been, that would have been a, a very nice round right there. Um, I've had some. I know you guys are talking about picking the right DC players and getting some of those scores. I've had several rounds of solid players, but wrong captain picks that have that have really hurt me with uh, some of these late rounds right here. Um, not going to break out of the top 100 again this time, right there on the edge. So that's that's my goal each season, and uh, it's really frustrating when you're right there on the bubble. Uh, interesting round, though, overall, I have to say. Uh, for me, biggest surprises, and if you guys have anything else, add, feel free to just join right in. Uh, biggest surprises has to be uh, the Vancouver comeback to the draw with LAFC, and then I'm going to throw in the Orlando win in their second game, though, two PKs. Uh, if you really want to maybe put a little caveat around that one. Uh, biggest disappointment, as I said, my Colorado switcheroo, but that kind of stuff is just expecting to happen around this time of the season. Uh, wish it hadn't, but definitely my biggest disappointment right there. And, of course, biggest takeaway, I think, for everyone going into round 35 has to be that there are now four teams, uh, maybe just really – two you're looking at, but there are very few teams now who are in a playoff battle. We'll call it three teams in a playoff battle. Uh, so keep that in mind for this round 35, because those could be the teams that have some of the best promising players, or at least a couple players from those teams might really be valuable for round 35. Anything else you guys want to add? 
Uh, I was pretty surprised at the three nothing um, victory Sporting Kansas City had over FC Dallas, and I'm, I'm sure Blaine is eager to talk about that. But I was I wasn't seeing SKC coming off uh, a midweek game going to Frisco and and then just absolutely clobbering them. Um, it's it's a testament to them and what they can do in the playoffs uh, that they were able to pull that off. And I think that's was one of the real differentials that I saw is if you jumped on that SKC offensive bandwagon, um, you did really well this round. Yeah, to that, uh, Sporting had not won in Dallas since 2011. Um, I Some of it's the bandwagon. Um, I think it's the emergence of Kyrie Shelton. Again, um, they started off the season with that after the 2-0 loss to New York City. They started rattling off wins, and they looked like their offense looked pretty much unstoppable. And that was with Kyrie Shelton in the lineup, and he has come back and really sparked this team. Um, they, these guys are scoring on the road. This is not, Dallas is not an easy place to go in and get multiple goals. And so that was, that's huge. Um, I think though, the bigger takeaway from that game is just kind of how bad Dallas has been lately. I think they said they've only gotten one goal from open play over like their last six or eight games. Like it, they're a mess right now. And it, when the defense comes up against a high-powered offense, which LAFC, Seattle, Kansas City in the playoffs, look out, they're not going to do well. So that's kind of the takeaway here. And they're coming in, they're coming in this last week with a, where they really need a result. And thankfully they're, go, they're going to Colorado, who, which doesn't have a great offense, but that still makes me concerned for Dallas players headed into this week. And to be fair, they've had some, some pretty decent defensive results during this time, but their offense has been abysmal is really what it's been. Yeah. I All guess right. just uh, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in with one thing. Maybe yeah. not that relevant on the fantasy front, guys, but Orlando getting their first win in the uh, in the James O'Connor era, you know, with the PK at the death for Sasha Kluschen. I really thought, especially with Columbus, with a chance to just get a point and then clinch a playoff spot, I would have thought that they would have done a little bit better. So a disappearing performance, not really relevant on the fantasy side. On the fantasy side that was relevant was, I think, you know, the curb stomping that uh, – the Portland Timbers did on RSL, um, you know, to clinch their playoff spots as well. Kind of surprised, given you know it was a, a DGW for RSL in how good the performance was, albeit with a very makeshift lineup in the midweek. But then to go there and be totally flat, you know, Diego Valeri's poning noobs for fun. Um, you know, I was maybe I was, I'm not surprised at the result. I was definitely surprised um, at the performance, though. Great goal from uh, Blanco and Char there as well. But no, mm-hmm. I, that that is a very interesting take. How it was. It was the kids who got the victory, and then it was the starters that that lost it there at the end. So you never you never know how those rotations are going to pan out. Well, let's move on into talking a bit more uh, about round 35. First, with our housekeeping, which is a good bridge this week because there was so much that happened in round 34 for the playoff picture that's going to be relevant. Uh, round 35 for everyone but Real Salt Lake. This is decision day for RSL. That was last week. Uh, every game starts on Sunday, October 28th at 4.30 Eastern. So uh, no switcheroos this week unless they're going to be auto-roos. No keeper-roos this week. Uh, so it's pretty much throw your best into into your lineup and, and go with it. Not much fancy, even though I've got some fancy in mind. But um, 
limited fancy. We'll call that limited fancy with your roster this week. But it will be very important to check out the lineups as they're coming out because there could be some rotation. Um, if you do need to have uh, budget savings, look to those RSL players because they're not going to play at all. They're not going to hurt your team if you want to have maybe three guys on your bench to try to get the best of those two of those three out there or just go just all out and put all that money in the, in the field. Uh, decision day games of most importance for fantasy players. Uh, well, first, there's a decision day game. Uh, it's it's at thewinning11.com. It's basically MLS's latest version of the Pick'em fantasy game. Up for grabs in this are two tickets, uh, or two tickets for two people. There we go for the 2018 MLS Cup, wherever that is going to be held at. I believe you have five entries for. Per- per person so uh go ahead head over there the winning 11.com and just just do your best uh, whenever you click on the winner some little can clapping and applauding happens and it's, it's kind of offsetting i think at first but uh it happens there's some interaction uh but for the games for this week for the fantasy wise we already mentioned columbus is in a big game montreal and la galaxy these three teams are right there on the bubble of being able to make mls cup the fourth team is rsl but as we said they're out of it, so it all depends on what happens with L.A. Um, Columbus is going to be at home versus Minnesota. Montreal is going to be away versus New England. And the L.A. Galaxy are going to be home versus Houston. So uh, could be some very interesting battles there. That's not all, though. There are several teams who are in what I'm going to call seeding battles based on this decision day. Now, I'm more confident in those teams who are having the playoff, just making the playoffs, starting a strong lineup. Some of these teams playing for the seeding battles may just say, you know what, whatever, we're good enough to be there. Um, But pay in mind attention to the New York Red Bulls and Atlanta. They're not playing each other, but they are both trying to get the supporter shield. I do think the New York Red Bulls have the easier of those games against Orlando, uh, but uh, because in Atlanta is playing Toronto. So they could just try to, uh, screw them over just just because. But uh, New York Red Bulls and Atlanta are playing for the Shield. Philadelphia and D.C., technically Columbus as well, but they're more concerned with making it. Uh, but Philly and D.C. are playing for that three and four spot, and that is going to be for home home field advantage, the knockout round. Wait, is that right? They're trying to – Which they, one? Uh, no, yeah, Philly and D.C. and Columbus, depending on how that all plays out, could decide three and four – uh, for the home advantage in a knockout round. So uh, yeah, one and two get a bye, three and four get home games. But if, if things work out well for Columbus, they could jump into that position and knock one of these teams down, uh, Philly or, or D.C., down to not have the home field. So, uh, And then finally, over in the West, it's, it's almost everybody, which is interesting. So I really don't know how this is going to pan out. But Sporting Kansas City, LAFC, Dallas, Seattle, and Portland – mostly Portland, uh, are all playing for home field advantage. There's several situations just based on on the results and uh, of the, the points that all these teams have from their previous results that could result in shifting of the final rankings. I mean, Sporting Kansas City could fall down to third and not get a bye and uh, have to just settle for a home field advantage in a knockout round, which I think, Blaine, you would really like to avoid. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know if this is going to matter. They all may just roll, their, roll the dice. I think the most important one, though, is Portland, who they would look to have either away at Seattle or home against Seattle. 
for uh, potentially their their first knockout round. So that's a big one. But uh, just keep that in mind going forward. Uh, I'll let you guys comment here in this section if you think any of those. Do you think uh, some of these teams going for seeding battles are higher rotation risk, or is just playing for that home field advantage important enough to uh, roll out your A team? Um, I think everybody in the West is playing for those top spots. Um, you said it right. Uh, sporting can finish anywhere from first to fourth with a loss putting them behind Seattle. If Seattle manages to win their game, they would be level on points. Um, LAFC can finish anywhere realistically from first to third, first to fourth on this one. And then Dallas, Seattle, and Portland could all finish anywhere in those. Dallas could make it to the top. Seattle could be second all the way down to fifth. So, I mean, it, there's a widespread there. Everybody's got a lot to play for. I think it's not really the seating so much. The one-two line isn't really the problem. It's more the avoiding that knockout game. Um, all these, all six teams that are realistically going to make it, you drop RSL out, which they're not playing very well right now, and throw the Galaxy in there. Nobody wants to play on the road that first game, but nobody really wants to run into one of these one of their opponents in that in the knockout round either. I mean, if I'm Seattle, I'm looking at third place, and then I have a sixth place Galaxy team coming to town on the first one. I mean, I don't want, I wouldn't want Zlatan coming in to play one game in a one-off, even if it is on turf in Seattle. I, that prospect just doesn't sit well with me. I would be trying to avoid that game. And I mean, same thing. Uh, Portland may have to go into Dallas if it plays out the way I think it's going to. And that's, that's not a good one either to look at. I mean, Dallas definitely doesn't want to do that. They're going to throw it all out there. So the, I think the West is going to be, be all out, go for the win. Every single team here is going to be given everything they've got right now. And yeah. I, I think on the East, um, you know, for the for I think the the three teams you're looking at from New York City, Philadelphia, and DC. I don't know how much they really care. Um, I mean, home home field in the knockouts is obviously an advantage, but do you really want to risk that much when you know you have to play midweek and then again on the, the weekend against either Atlanta or New York Red yeah. Bulls? Yeah, I mean, it could um, very and well I think be... that no, go ahead. That cost um, benefit analysis. Uh, especially with like, for instance, New York City, who's got a few guys banged up. Um, honestly, New York City doesn't hasn't looked like they've cared since August. But um, so I, I could definitely see a bunch of those guys resting, especially someone like Ben Olsen, where they're going on the road, you know, Philly going on the road. They may just say, you know, look, we're just going to rest our guys and we'll, we'll see what happens um, in the midweek game. Yeah, or it could very well be a situation where. Uh, you start some of the kids, and then maybe in that final 45 or or final, maybe get 70-minute mark, you send in a couple of starters to maybe see if they can be a difference maker at the end. So, I mean, it may be just some limited games right there. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I think the same as, that was... Oh, I was just going to say, I think Portland's probably also punting because, I mean, they don't have a realistic shot, really, of getting into that bye. So, if, if I... And they don't really have a great chance, especially with the way the matchups are of getting into a home field. So I, I would, I'm kind of expecting them to punt this week too. Uh, I agree with everything that was said. I, I agree with Blaine that, you know, the, of the seven teams still fighting in the West, you know, say for RSL, who's on a bye week I think it's all out. Everybody's fighting. 
I think this could be one of the one. This could be a situation where you have teams sort of managing results. You know, maybe if at halftime the New York Red Bulls see that Atlanta is up three nil on Toronto, and there's no hope for them to, um, you know, for them to win the supporters shield at that point. Maybe BWP or Kaku gets subbed off at halftime or something uh-huh. like that. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with um, I, I agree with the notion that Portland's probably the most likely of the Western Conference teams to be punting. So maybe that'll be just sort of a situation where they're managing who starts and when they come out, so to speak. But other than that, I think everybody else is gonna you know is gonna be balls to the wall. I fully expect Sporting Kansas City versus LAFC to be an absolute bloodbath. So um, <laughs> you know I think there's a lot of interesting matchups, but you know I, I think one of the benefits you have with this week is the fact that you'll have all of the rosters at the exact same time so i'm probably pre-setting my roster but then i've got like a, a cheat sheet of a bunch of moves that i'm going to make depending on who's starting who's punting and who's going for it and yeah, so I, made I, comment, I made the comment last week that uh, sort of waiting for ladero made, made me feel like fantasy was a, a choose your own adventure novel where it's like okay if ladero does not play then turn to page 15 and take this player <laughs> unless toronto fields a good lineup, then turn to page 12 and go this way. So even more so this week. Yeah, see, I'm in the different boat with Portland. I think they are going to go for it here. Um, three points back of Dallas. I, you just have to assume Seattle's going to win their game at, against San Jose. But Dallas has not been putting up goals. All it takes is one Colorado goal. And Portland could leapfrog them right into third place behind everybody else at the top. I mean, it's a three-point spread. The goal differential is only two. If Dallas drops that game, Portland needs a one-goal win to put a tie on goal differential and hit the third tiebreaker. Two-goal win for Portland against Vancouver, and it's theirs in third place, and they're hosting Dallas in that first leg. And if you look at having to play these, and I hate the way MLS sets up the playoffs, you play your knockout game, and the home team home team typically wins a knockout round, then they sit around for a few days, wait for the first leg of the next round to hit, and you get leg one at home when you're the lower seed. Then you go to that. So they would be avoiding travel to potentially Dallas. Maybe it's just to Seattle. Maybe it's to L.A., but you're looking at worst-case scenario, travel to Dallas. And then you cut that out. Then you, cause you got to travel back, play your game, and then travel across the country again. I mean, you look at, you cut that much travel out. They've got a whole lot to play for right here. And I think Dallas is susceptible. I think Colorado can trip them up this week. And if they do, that puts Portland in the third seed spot because I think Portland's going to get by Vancouver. So I maybe you maybe you play conservative and rest your guys, but that's a lot to lose right there. And Dallas hasn't looked that good. If, if I can give the counter, it's also at Vancouver, which means you're dealing with Vancouver's turf. Do you want to risk your players when you're going to have to play a condensed schedule hoping that um, the Colorado Rapids are lucky? Um, to, to me, the, especially with you know having kind of older guys the way the Portland does with a lot of minutes on them this year, I really see them just resting, just to, saying, look – Dallas is probably going to get at least a point against the Colorado Rapids. Even so, we can go on the road and beat them. You know, that that's kind of what, what I see. Well, it'll be interesting for sure. So I look forward to hearing how you guys translate these thoughts into your player picks for our positions in just a second. Uh, so to wrap up this housekeeping segment real quick, uh, 
Patreon. Thank you so much to everyone who donates for Patreon. Uh, after this intro, there was a suggestion that perhaps we'll have a new Patreon reward tier, and that is to make us not sing. Uh, so uh, consider that. Maybe next year you can donate some more money for us to not sing ever again on the podcast. But thank you so much, everyone who has been donating. I uh, sent out a few emails last week just to confirm who did and did not want to get uh, repeats of the pint glasses or a scarf if you did get one last year. And so everything is going to be mailed out this week now that I have those confirmations back. So I'm going to be hitting the post office hard this week. So look for those to be coming in the mail. Uh, send out messages when you have them. If you don't get it, let me know. But uh, send out messages when you get your swag. Post pictures on Twitter. Love to see the interaction and encourage others to donate and become patrons this year. And then let me know what you'd like to hear over the summer. We'll, uh, if you want to keep donating, I'll try to keep producing materials, either if that's uh, some player previews of teams like Cincinnati or, or how some of the rebuilding efforts are going to go for teams like uh, San Jose. Uh, let me know what you'd like to do or like to see over the offseason. I'll also provide stats for people who are still patrons. So uh, uh, give me feedback. I want to give you guys what you want. If you're curious about Patreon, it's just a way that you can help support this podcast and the fees that we do incur while uh, putting it together with our hosting and the swag and getting these leagues going. So head on over to patreon.com and find out more. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash m-l-s-f-i. And now the injury news. Uh, well, there was an announcement today that Josie Altador uh, is undergoing surgery. Um, he'll be out for obviously this week against uh, Atlanta. Uh, Max Morales uh, missed um, his game for New York City. Um, he's uh, supposed to be available uh, coming this week, um, as is Burgett, um, for New York City. They're supposed to be available this week. Obviously, we'll see what New York City wants to do with um, rotation and stuff with the playoffs coming. Um, not sure. Uh, uh, you mentioned Villalba missing the game with a leg injury. Uh, I haven't seen a timetable Um but we'll see about that. Uh, Almiron is still technically week to week, although he's not expected to play uh, this week against uh, Toronto. And I think those are the main injuries, uh, although y'all might have seen more than I did. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much. Now we're going to move on to our round 35 preview and player picks combination. So, uh, guys, let's start talking uh, keepers and, and clean sheets. I know that was a question that someone had from Reddit this week, uh, is anyone going to be clean sheet hunting or the best team? So, uh, Matt, let's kick it off. Who, who do you like for keepers? What are your general thoughts and who you hoping gets a clean sheet? Yeah, um, there's going to be a real theme for me this week, folks. Uh, I'm picking the teams that absolutely have something to play for, for the most part, against teams that do not have a whole lot to play for. So either seeding the three teams that are currently, uh, you know, still looking to clinch the playoffs that clinch the playoffs that have games going on. So um, I love the Seattle Sounders against the San Jose Earthquakes, especially especially with how San Jose's road form is. Um, and, you know, they weren't able to score on the Rapids. So what does that say about you trying to score on Seattle? Seattle's obviously fighting for home field potentially in that uh, first knockout round game. Um, I love the New York Red Bulls um, in this matchup they have against Orlando City. I expect them to be fully focused on trying to get a win and put the pressure on Atlanta. So anybody um, from uh, New York Red Bulls back line, as far as I'm concerned, um, and just with the news that you have with everything going around Toronto, I have Atlanta as a with a question mark in parentheses parentheses afterwards but I mean especially if you look at the lineup and Michael Bradley isn't starting there we've already heard 
that Altidore isn't going to be there. I presume they're probably shutting down Giovinco since I don't he think he's played in the last two games. So I like Atlanta, albeit on the road up north and possibly some cold weather um, in Toronto. Um, other kind of question marks I have that are going to kind of depend on what the opponent plays. Um, LA Galaxy against Houston Dynamo. Does Wilmer Cabrera play a bunch of the academy kids, for example? Um, what kind of a lineup do you have with all the turmoil in Minnesota going on against Columbus? I have to think if Columbus is going to make any move to get into form, it's going to be with a good defensive performance against the Loons. Um, and then maybe DC United, if they're like their matchup, I tend when it comes to clean sheets, defenders, and goalkeepers to pick home teams. But I think if there's a road team that is going to get a clean sheet this week, it's probably going to be DC United um, at Chicago Fire. Yeah, I think LA is a sneaky pick that you have right there because uh, they have been keeping a few more clean sheets now since they've had uh, some coaching rotations right there. So uh, some value definitely there for sure. And I do like uh, that Atlanta – the Toronto discussion because the other thing we need to make sure we add is Almiron is still gone uh, from the injuries a couple weeks ago. And they did look like Atlanta did look like they lost a little bit of that aggressive bite last week uh, against Chicago. They still won, uh, but now they're finishing up on the road without that spark. And so it'll be inter interesting to see Martinez at a little bit of slump. Uh, interesting to see if there's anybody to pick that up. Uh, Blaine, Mike, anything else? Come on, let me know. No, I think that covers it for goalkeepers. Yeah, no one well, who you, I, I was going like, to add on the. Oh, I'll, go, um, I'll let Blaine go. I mean, I was just going to roll it right into the defender's pick, but I'm kind of right there with Matt. I think the best shot for a clean sheet this round is probably with the Seattle Sounders. Um, I do like Red Bull's defense with them as well, but. Um, Fry is about two million less than Robles, and I think he's got a little bit better shot at it. So that's where I'm going with the goalkeeper. No keeperoos, no shenanigans on this one. It's just grab who you think's got the best chance and go with it. And that's where I'm going. Yeah, I think the big question is whether or not you want to spend the money. I, I personally think the Red Bulls have a better shot at a clean sheet the, than Seattle, um, just because I've. I mean, Orlando's been so bad, and New York uh, Red Bulls' defense has been so good, um, even though the Sounders have been very good. Um, but, I mean, the question is whether or not you want to spend the extra about $3 million for Robles. Um, to me, Fry, it's not enough of a chance to put him over Fry. My budget's kind of tight. I'd rather spend it up front um, on some of the big guns uh, that are happening this week. So um, that that is where I'm where I'm looking. I, I think, But I think it's between Fry and Robles this week. All right, well, let's move right into defenders and Blaine. Not a lot to really talk about with keepers sometimes. And you're right, Blaine. Uh, this is you can't keep a roo this round because everybody starts at 430. So let's just start talking about defenders. Yeah, so pick up right where I left off. Um, Seattle and New York, uh, the Red Bulls are two of the teams high on my list for clean sheets. So it's got to be a defender for each one. Um I've been rolling with Leardom lately. He's been putting a lot forward in the attack. Um, I think against San Jose, he's going to be able to get forward a lot more in this game as well. So go with him there. 7.7 uh, .7 for this week is not too bad. Um, New York defenders were a little tougher because the, their defense has just been that good. Most of their defenders are pushing that 10 million mark, and it's really hard to tie up that type of money. I mean, Parker and Long are your two guys, and they're – 10-4 and 9-9. Um, I'm going to watch the lineup here because Kamar Lawrence has been really solid this whole year. And if he comes, if he's starting, he's definitely going to be in my lineup. If not, I've left a little bit of budget on the side just so I can switch around on this one. 
and work it in without having to do too much work for my offense. But I've definitely got some upgrades in other locations if that happens. Um, right now with the budget, I've got Synovic tagged in as my third one. Um, I think really just kind of there. Um, I think, think I'm going to have to get on board with Matt, though. I saw the numbers today after I made my lineup. And the LA Galaxy, since hiring their new coach, has really turned it around defensively, kind of coming in under the radar with a lot stronger defense than what we've expected from them all year and some good value there. So it's probably going to be see the lineups and see what I have to do with my budget constraints. But there's a good chance that that third defender spot's going to go to a Galaxy backline guy. Just one thing I'll add to that, Blaine, especially with, uh, you know, the fact that they haven't been starting a whole lot and then recently have been thrust in under Dominic Kinnear. Daniel Stare is only 5.5 million and Dave Romney only 5.9. Every single LA Galaxy defender under 6 million with the exception of Ashley Cole. I personally wouldn't go with Ashley Cole at this point. He's done a lot of good stuff offensively, but how does that match up against Houston? Um, with especially with him being at 37 years old. But every single other LA Galaxy defender, if you get somebody who's a starter, even a Siani or a Jorgen Shelvick, to be honest, is going to be dirt cheap. So if you're looking for a really solid bench option there or just somebody to fill out who's going to play and be less than $6 million, I mean, Daniel Starers and Dave Romney have been, by LA Galaxy standards, excellent the last month or so. And then there's also, uh, part of my butchering, uh, Felcher. Uh, yes. Um, actually, uh, he on the back of his jersey he actually has Rolf, and he prefers to be called Rolf. So the I Galaxy broadcast have been calling that. Yes. Um, he actually he he got Wando in a Gold Cup sense, and that for the I think the first two games, uh, the LA the during the preseason, the LA Galaxy kit people actually got his name spelled wrong, so he just said Do Rolf. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, who from the LA Galaxy backline scores a header goal this week if they get a set piece? If they get a set piece, um, uh, I, I think it's got to be Daniel Steris has been subtly probably the most influential defensive um, piece that they've had. Um, he scored a couple goals last year. I want to say he has two or three, um, and he's normally a big one up there. It's normally um, uh, it, it'll be him up there, Ola Kamara, and then uh, Zlatan, obviously. And Daniel Steris is obviously the third of that pair. But if everybody else is queuing in on those two guys, I think Daniel Stairs is the most likely, both with his positioning and how he's played, um, to be the next one to get an opportunity. So if you're looking for a, if you're looking for someone to go Walker Zimmerman on the Houston Dynamo, it's going to be Stairs. And Stairs has been pretty good about getting bonus points too. I mean, if you look at the last month of results, it's eight, ten, six, and five, and I mean only two of those are attributed to clean sheets. So I mean, the worst he's gotten bonus points wise is a four. Um, so, you know, at 5.5, if your budget's tight, I, I think he's definitely someone to, to look at because he's now under Dom Kinnear. He's getting consistent playing time, and I think his playing time has been much more rewarding for the LA Galaxy than um, the other combinations that, that they've used that have been so bad. At 5.5, he's just a perfect auto candidate this week too. Not too much money tied up if they give up the goal. Houston's got that good attack, but he puts in a goal or gets a clean sheet or even both. I mean, he's just almost too valuable to keep out now. He's. I just switched it up. He's now in my lineup for this one because I just. <laughs> well, that's that's yeah. a question I want to touch on real quick. Um, auto ruining is is this around where you guys want to leave one or two spots open? to have some bench options, or do you want to put every last drop of that money into that starting 11? 
I think it depends what your budget is. Um, I was able to have a full auto roux. I mean, because to me, not having the keeper roux kind of frees up the money since you can't physically do that. Um, so you have a little bit of extra. Uh, I mean, it really just depends on on what you're what you're doing up front. But I mean, I loaded up pretty expensive up front and was still able to throw in, you know, a Stares, uh, and we'll get to my midfielder picks. But I mean, there are a few decent midfield options this week that you can kind of throw in the auto bench just to kind of see plus you have a bye week so you know we don't have to worry like what happened to reed and i this week which is colorado all of a sudden randomly <laughs> plays it's <laughs> it's bench guys and i mean there's there's a four million defender for rsl barry there's a four million midfielder Saucedo for rsl that you can clearly you know put in there and, and get the good double auto route and, and and see what happens. So, I mean, to me, it depends mostly on your budget. I would kind of pick your, your top guys first and, and then go for it and, and see. But I mean, I think there's enough budget at this point in the season where you can do it. Well, uh, tweet favorite, <laughs> uh, Matt, if, if you or Mike don't have anything else to add for your midfield, maybe this is a better midfielder question. And Mike, if you want to keep going forward, unless you guys have more to say about defenders. Uh, the only thing I'll say on, on the defensive front, uh, you know, I mentioned DC United is one of my potential clean sheet options. Uh, you know, uh, uh, brilliant has been getting uh, a lot of starts under Ben Olsen at only $7 million. So similar to the LA galaxy, um, you know, you've got one expensive defender, in this case, Steve Birnbaum, who's not quite 10 million, 9.7 right now. And then pretty much everybody else is under eight. So that'll probably be, you know, just another one of my notes that I have of, you know, if I'm looking to start a, D, uh, a, a DC United defender, go on, see who I like. You know, once I see who is actually in the starting lineup and if I have to pick the cheapest one. No, that's a good point. DC is an away team that might have an option against Chicago, which has has been struggling at times. The other away options, uh, I mean. Maybe you could run with someone like Montreal going against New England uh, since they do have so much to play with. But it's really kind of bare bones there with some of these uh, away teams. Maybe Portland over Vancouver. But I think uh, you're right by far. D.C. would have the best away chance for, for a clean sheet. Mike, let's just keep doing midfield. Uh, let us know. Uh, sure. Um, so I think Montreal, it, that's a good area to kind of think about um, because obviously you've got Tater. Uh, and and Piatti. For me, they're too expensive compared to some of the other options. Uh, I know Montreal will have everything going for it. New England doesn't. But I like LA Galaxy and Seattle's game more. So for me, I'm going with Ladero and Alessandrini. Um, I just like Seattle's matchup at home with them trying to get a bye against the San Jose team, which doesn't have really much to play for, except maybe trying to get Wando a goal. So I don't know how much they're going to really care about that game. Um, they've already optioned Wando for next year anyway. So, you know, I, I could see them just kind of punting this game, especially when your last game is on the road. I don't think that's there's as much um, effort there. Uh, for Alessandrini, they get, a, they get a Houston Dynamo team at home that has absolutely nothing to play for. We've seen how bad they are they are defensively, so I think there's going to be a lot of goals for LA Galaxy. Um, and then on the bench, I have uh, Kaku. I really like that matchup against Orlando. You don't need me to tell you how bad Orlando's defense has been. New York Red Bulls are absolutely going to go for that supporter shield. Um, I think that's a great opportunity for them. And then uh, Daniel Salloway, who got so many points uh, last week. Um, we know that they're going to go hard against LAFC because I don't see um, them wanting to risk a knockout round because just avoiding the knockout round makes it Sporting Kansas City's best finish in what seems like forever. So um, 
that's kind of the midfield I'm looking at. Ladero and Alessandrini on the field, and then Kaku and Salui is part of the auto group. All right, let's keep this one going, Matt. Um, yeah, I, I agree with uh, pretty much everything that was said there. Um, you know, if I'm throwing in two bench options, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, um, uh, Alessandrini, excuse me. Uh, Sebastian Legette has been in sort of that midfield. You know, it's it's been listed by the LA Galaxy and by MLSsoccer.com on the match center as a four four two. And under Dom Kinnear, it's been more of a 4-1-4-1 with Kai Kamara being a little bit, uh, you know, dropping into the midfield at times and Jonathan Dos Santos dropping into the midfield. And the Jets probably the most number 10 of the options that you have there. And with what everybody else is doing, I feel like the Jets really opened up a lot of some of the skill that we saw from him, you know, pre the injury with the U.S. national team last spring. He's only $7.8 million. Um, I, I don't know that I expect a whole lot from the Union Revolution, but just because he's cheap, if you're looking for one of those Otto Roof fifth midfielder options, Diego Fernandez. But other than that, I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, you got plenty of options with the Seattle Sounders, with the New York Red Bulls. Um, you know, I think that that about does it. I'm trying to look up a stat right now. If I'm not mistaken, in four games against the Houston Dynamo, I think Elson Drini has at least a goal or assist in both. Oh yes, please do find that. <laughs> no, Legit isn't. Why are you looking? Because he's been being like a box-to-box guy more, and and that's been opening up some of his bonus point options. Yes. Well, while you're looking up, I did want to mention that Giovinco and Michael Bradley played uh, last week for Toronto. So Toronto hasn't shut them down yet. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind because I don't, I don't remember who mentioned it earlier, but about maybe Bradley or Giovinco shut down, but they haven't been shut down yet. Blaine? Yeah, I mean, I think Ladero's uh, kind of a consensus must-own here. And if you're playing with the auto ruse like I am, um, I think Shallowy's got to be in there at 6.3. He's little over your scrub price, but um, just the upside is too high there to miss out on. Um, to get back to the auto rue idea on this one, I really think it depends on what you're playing for. And I'm kind of in the in between stages here. I'm at uh, season rank 212 overall. And my goal is always to try to finish in the top 200. I think that's a really good year. I mean, I'd love to finish top 100 if I could every year or top 50. But, but I mean, real, realistically, with knowing the competition that's out there, knowing how I play and everything, I feel like you're do, I'm doing really well if I can consistently be around the top 200. You miss a couple of weeks. You have a couple of bad picks in there, and that can really push you down far. So, so sitting 12 spots out... I don't need to gamble everything for that top 200 pick, so I don't need to put everything on the line. But, I mean, if you're in a league where you're 20, 30 points down, it may seem like a stretch, but you're probably not going to want to play those auto ruse if you're trying to make up that type of point difference and you want to win your league. If you're in your what, whichever team you're in, whichever league you're in, I mean, if you've got a realistic shot at it, don't leave any money on the bench if you're going for the overall spot, winning the gift cards or whatever it is that MLS has given out this year. You're going to want all that money on the field. Now, if you're in the other one and you're not you're not playing for prizes or you're like, hey, I'm top, I'm sitting about 130, and I my goal was to finish top 200 or top 150, like top 150 will be the best finish I've ever had. And you're sitting around that 130 mark. Maybe you play a couple of Otteroos. They're a little bit safer. You get a little less money on the bench, on the field. But you see a couple of those scores. You cut out one potential low score. You cut out a little bit of the gamble. So it really kind of depends on what you're doing, whether you're putting all your money on the field or whether you're doing an Otteroo this week. 
And like I said, I'm a little bit in between. I can do a little bit of an auto roo because I don't want to fall in the standings. But at the same time, I'm not looking to make a huge jump either. But who knows? By then, I may just say, um, get rid of everybody on the bench and let's throw it all in the field and let's make a push for one of these spots. I mean, that's the way I look at it. So right now, I've got Shallowy out there on the bench looking at throwing him in. Um, I do like Piotti this week. Uh, I know it's a road game, but they've got everything to play for. He's been coming up for him strong. And New England just hasn't looked that good. I know it's a road game on turf for Montreal, but New England hasn't looked that good lately. I think New England can score, but I don't think they can stop the impact as they come through this one. Um, pick your New York midfielder. I think you've got to have one with this, the way the schedule's laid out and, and playing Orlando. I have no idea who it is. Um, anytime I pick Kaku, he does absolutely nothing. So if I post my lineup ahead of time, if I've got Kaku, don't take him. But other than that, I mean, I, I don't think I've had him for a single double-digit week this year. So like two names or two teams I haven't heard yet in this conversation. We mentioned DC and our defenders. Are we not looking at someone uh, like Acosta for, for this round, or do you think we get some rest there? And then also Columbus also has a lot to play for. They've been in a slump playing against Minnesota, which has allowed some goals. Is someone like Higuain not in the picture? I'll, I'll um, take that I'll, one. I'll jump in on the Acosta really quick. Acosta is my next guy in. If I just say screw it with the New York midfielder, it's going to be jumping over to Acosta. Um, that's kind of the spot I've got there. I couldn't fit. I'm running a three forward set, so I was not looking heavily at five premium forwards. So that's why one of those guys got cut. And the spot that the New York midfielder is holding is what would be there for Acosta if I choose not to go with New York. Um, I'm I'm shying away from Acosta in this one just because, you know, for the guys that I'm looking at, you know, the one or two, you know, 10 to 14 million dollar guys, I just think there's better options there. Um, I might look at um, Yamil Assad just because he's a little bit cheaper, as we'll probably get to in a couple minutes. I think there's some better options as far as Wayne Rooney is concerned. I just I don't know. You know, I, I don't know who shows up from that midfield and how that justifies the cost when I just have better options in terms of the quality of the opponent um and in terms of playing at home for some of the other teams um that i'm looking at and i don't really know what to make of columbus's midfield right now you know miram hasn't really looked like columbus miram since since um you know the transfer yep. back yep. from orlando city i don't know how i feel about um about Iguain and any other combination there pedro santos has been really inconsistent um if there's any off offensive threat that I'm really looking at for Columbus. It's going to be Giassi Zardes, but that's just because, you know, he scores something like, I think, 60% of their goals last I checked a couple weeks ago. So if Columbus is scoring, it's probably going to be him. I don't know that I have faith in anybody else offensively in the midfield from Columbus crew, though. And I'll, I'll jump in on the D.C. Um, I'm expecting D.C. to rotate this week. They've had a lot of games recently. Um, and while they do have a shot to get a home game, I think that Ben Olsen's going to look at this and based on his, if you kind of read between his lines and the way he answered um, in his press conference afterwards, I think he's happy that he was able to make an incredible comeback. And I think he's just playing this house money at this point. I don't think he's going to push it, especially with guys like Wayne Rooney and Acosta, especially with them having a midweek game this past week and them having, you know, playing during the international break. They've had a lot more uh, games than like the people they're going to be playing with, such as New York City and Philadelphia. I think he rests against Chicago on the road and just says, let's see what happens. Um, 
I, what, what was the other part of the question? Who? What was the Columbus? Oh, oh, for Columbus, none of them are consistent. <laughs> and then I think for the forwards, uh, I mean, Higuain's been really bad, and for for the price, I think you could just more upside anywhere else. And then for Jossie Zardes, the problem is there's too many better forwards this week. Um, with the way Rui Diaz and Zlatan uh, have been performing, it's just hard for me to put him above some of those other guys. But that that might be a nice segue into our forward conversation. It would be anything else you guys want to add for midfield? Did you find that stat? Oh, yes. Uh, Roman Alessandrini in three games, lifetime in MLS um, against the Houston Dynamo. Two goals, one assist, and seven total shots. So I think Alessandrini against the Dynamo backline is definitely the matchup you're looking for if you're going for a non-Zlatan offensive option against the Dynamo. And don't forget, Houston does have CCL to start thinking about. So they have one of those games coming up fairly soon. So that could impact their uh, roster, their starting lineup as well. Uh, yeah, let's run right into forwards now. Matt. Um, Zlatan, 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 Zlatan. I mean, if the LA Galaxy are making the playoffs, if they're beating the Houston Dynamo, either Zlatan's going to be dropping dimes or he's going to be dunking on on Joe Willis. Um, so I'm definitely looking at him. Um, depending on the matchup and how I'm looking at um, in terms of what uh, New York Red Bulls are doing, in terms of are they trying to mail it in or be conservative, I'm probably looking at Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, you know, Joseph Martinez, I think, is going to be another excellent option, you know, um, with, you know, where Toronto's at right now. And I think Atlanta definitely does not want to leave it in New York's hands when it comes to clinching the shield and their first trophy. Um, and I'll defer to Blaine. I think there's a plethora of options depending on the matchups and your budget and where you're looking for on both sides in that Sporting Kansas City LAFC game, depending on who the two coaches play, who you like and how much money you want to spend on forwards on either side. You know, I think this is the position that's maybe hardest to pick this round because there are so many options of where you could go. Yeah, I've had five different forwards in my lineup drafts, and right now I'm sitting on Zlatan, uh, Rooney, and Bradley Wright Phillips. Rooney's definitely a rotation risk, as Mike points out, but since we'll see every lineup, we can do that. Um, also rotating through has been Rui Diaz and Zardes. Um, I like both of those matchups. It, Columbus has got everything to play for. I was really high on Zardes to start start the season. I think he's lived up pretty much to the hype. Columbus has tailed off a little bit. He hasn't been getting the service that he was at the beginning of the year, and that's why his numbers have dropped. And then Rui Diaz for uh, against San Jose is just... I'm really thinking maybe I just drop Rooney altogether and bring in Rui Diaz. I know Rooney's been playing so well and his average is so high. I think he's going to get work done if he's in there. But the potential for a multi-goal game out of Rui Diaz is just there. A um, lot of good options there. Um, Matt, I just I, I don't think you can safely pick a Kansas City forward for this game. Uh, Rubio's probably benched. That means Shelton's the guy. Um, Shelton has what two goals and four assists on the season. He doesn't light up the score sheet. All of his work is done off the ball or occupying space and sucking defenders in. No points there. Um, Kansas City's defense is really known for shutting down the superstar and making the second guy beat him. Um, they can probably neutralize Vela for a good portion of this game. Maybe he gets his opportunity, gets his assist but I think there's still a list of some DP superstars that have yet to score on Kansas City. So I just don't 
I look at it there. I'm like, this is not a good matchup for that. The forward that I would be very, very tempted to take if he starts is Latif Blessing. And I've gone on this, I went on this train the last time these two teams played. If Bob Bradley will put Latif Blessing on the left wing and let him run in behind the space Zeusy leaves when he gets forward, they are going to feast on Kansas City's defense. Um, that's the way LAFC can beat Kansas City. He will have tons of space to run through. Either Ilya is going to have to drop back and cover that, or he's going to get one-on-one with Opara, and he can burn Opara any day of the week. These two guys know each other well, and he knows he can beat Opara. Um, and then when you start crossing balls into Diamande and Vela, and you have, I mean, Benny and Lee Wynn coming in to back him up, that's just that's just a bad angle for Kansas city to be defending on and blessing has the speed and the technical ability to get it done. I think if he's out there, you're looking at a potential multiple assist game, maybe a goal in there. Um, if he's not there, I think it's a little more straightforward match and we're not looking at any forwards really from this game. Mike, any light you want to shed on this situation? Uh, no, I mean, right now I have three forwards, although honestly, while sitting in this conversation, I may have talked myself out of um, going with Bradley Wright Phillips um, as my third forward. Um, but as we're starting this conversation, I was, uh, I, I think Zlatan's a must. Um, I think Rui Diaz is pretty much a must as well. Um, very promising matchup against San Jose. Um, I guess the, re- the real question is whether the third forward, whether you want to go with Zardes. Um, I, 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 to me, he hasn't been Ill- that in. Uh, he hasn't been consistent enough, um, but I mean, looking at Bradley Wright Phillips, he's been consistent, but he, he isn't a huge upside guy. I mean, except for a hat trick against DC, he's mostly just kind of scored a goal and that it's, he's not gotten a whole lot of bonus points. He's so he's been under uh, 10 points a lot. So it kind of depends on where you are and um, what kind of risks you want to have. Um, but I, th- I think that's kind of what I'm looking, you know, for, for me, obviously Rooney would be an option, but they are on the road, and plus I, I think that they're going to rotate. Um, and Rooney is the guy who I think is going to get rotated because he played um, every game um, in this last stretch. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I think those are the, the forwards that, that I'm looking at. All right, guys, now let's wrap everything up with your captain picks and any final thoughts you have for round 35, Blaine. Uh, Zlatan for captain. I think there's just too much upside against that Houston defense, and he's just too big. And really, that's kind of where I'm at. Mike? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I've got. I've got um, Zlatan as my captain right now. And Matt? The one true lord and savior, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> All right, there it goes. Uh, Zlatan, Zlatan, Zlatan. All right, thank you so much, guys, for uh, those uh, insights for the players and for round 35 in this preview. Everyone be sure to tune in uh, on Sunday. I'll get these guys to shoot me over their uh, final ideas, or at least as final as can be before rosters really come out. Uh, But they're their best guess at their final draft for their quick picks chalkboard over on the MLS Fantasy Insider Twitter account. Uh, Moving into community time as we're winding down on the show here, a quick little update on that. We are ready for our final game in the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts invitational. Uh, That game is going to be between Phil and older goaler who had uh, 
two great games last week. Uh, both of them beat teams who put up 138 points. Uh, Mike lost to Phil, 138 to 164. And then uh, Older Goaler beat uh, um, Kyle, 138 to 157. So uh, both of these guys put up big fantasy scores in the overall standings. Phil was at top. Older Goaler was number two. So uh, these guys are, are two of the cream of the crop right there. That should be a fun match in our league. Any other leagues you guys are doing well in? Yeah. I'm doing well in exactly no leagues. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm currently I'm, I'm third in the uh, Colorado Rapids no hopers, which I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I play a I play a tacos league that started off as mostly a Cascadia league. I don't know why they let a Kansas City guy in, uh, but Jessup, one of our Patreons, or RJ Gage, is in that league with me. And he and I have had a battle in the first half of the year, and now the second half. I'm currently sitting in second based on point differential, and unless he really screws up in this last week and loses a game, I think he's got me beaten that one. But it's come de- coming down to the wire. Uh, yeah, not much for me besides uh, the host league. I've I've had a strong I had a stronger. I guess I'm uh, uh, eighth in our MLS fantasy boss chat regs league. Uh, so that's uh, that's pretty good, and the MLS. Uh, show league head to head. I'm I'm first right there, even though I lost pretty handily uh, to Blaine in that one. But uh, the the fantasy boss chat that's that's a pretty tough league. So top ten in there is is a quite an accomplishment. Otherwise, I, I think I had a stronger spring than I had in fall. Like I said, just some weird captain picks have, have set me back these last few rounds. Uh, but yeah, good luck to Phil and Older Goler. Let us know who you think is going to win that one. Uh, let's wrap everything up, guys. Now with our plugs, Matt. Uh, follow me on the Twitter machine at LWS Matt Pollard. Check out all of my musings, MLS related, Rapids related, or Galaxy related um, at lastwordonsoccer.com. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about the Rapids at this front, though I will have something about um, a feature on Sam Vines coming up this week who made his uh, MLS debut on Sunday. Um, hopefully I'll be interviewing Dominic Baji after finally getting his 10th goal. Um, that's been uh, a goal that he's been chasing uh, pun intended, um, you know, on Sunday. And obviously I'll be following, uh, you know, uh, Zlatan FC for as long as they are clinching the playoffs and or in the playoffs. So is it, is it inappropriate for me to ask you like to ask him if they in the locker room or if he plays fantasy soccer? I will. I if I'm able to get him, and he's and I've got all my other questions answered. I will ask Dominic Baji. Um, does he play MLS fantasy? Does he play MLS fantasy? And where does he rank in terms of the other Dallas players in the locker room? I have a sneaky suspicion that Ryan Hollingshead is probably really good at fantasy soccer. Well, then we need to get them involved in the show and and doing something. So let's let's get it going. Um, okay. Blaine. Uh, nothing for me this week. Mike. I mean, if you want to see me yell at people who like Dome Torrent, uh, you can follow me at Mike.Tiger on Twitter. Uh, don't sell yourself short. Uh, Mike and, and Ariel oftentimes have found some interesting uh, things to tweet about. And recently it was a cat that plays fantasy and uses the Fantasy Boss website, eh? Yeah, well, um, you saw who the cat was uh, belonged to, right? The Longs, right? Yeah, it was Aaron Long's parents apparently yep. uh, use MLS Fantasy Boss. Yeah, well, we talked about that at the beginning of the year. Uh, Aaron Long's mom had corresponded some back and forth with us at the start of the year for some fantasy tips and ideas and things. And so uh, I thought I wasn't sure if that was the same Long family. But I wanted to be sure and ask you with that. But, yeah, so you never know 
what Mike is going to find with his little interactions there. So what's, what's the cat's ranking? Are there, there are people who are worse at MLS fantasy than a cat? Oh, oh man, that would be a great league next year. Can you can you be? Let's just let a cat run Weeby's team. I mean, yeah, like are you better than a cat? Creator, like are you better at MLS fantasy than a house cat? Weeby versus a cat. <laughs> that that is going to be our off season promotion to to Weeby. Like replace Weeby with a cat. <laughs> That's a, that could be the new weekly article. Can you beat Aaron Long's mom's cat? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I think that no, this is how we get Ariel. We can bring in baby too. Blaine, we can get you on it. We'll see if we can get Wibby, Weeby's kid on it. Let's see like who's better. Like oh, a player's parents cat in the league or a media person or fantasy person's newborn child. Oh snap. That's that's intense. Very intense. Uh wrapping up the plugs. Uh good job, FC Cincinnati, for beating Nashville in the, the first of their, their March to USL Cup championship. Uh so, so good job, guys. There, let's finish strong. Go to MLS uh, on the actual fantasy-related side. Uh, check out MLSFantasyBoss.com for the articles we're going to be putting up as this week goes on. They'll be spaced over since the games don't start until Sunday. But you can always <laughs> check out live chat over in our Discord chat room, uh, and it's uh, some great minds that are right there. Like I said, that chat regs league that I'm in, uh, top ten right there. Those guys are are fantastic players and great advice goes through there all the time. So head over there, check that out. MLSsoccer.com. You can check out the articles that both Skylar and I will have posted there with our final rankings for the round and uh, my player picks. If you need some more help as we get closer to decision day. And then you can also head over to r slash fantasy MLS and just check out the conversation and general articles <clears throat> and, and polls and, and rants that get posted over there just to help interact with the fantasy community. It is by far uh, one of the best fantasy communities that there are is are around on the internet uh, with with great tips, good people, and it's a lot of fun to participate in. So r slash fantasy MLS part of Reddit, and definitely check out that Reddit because I mean this is not going to be our last podcast. Um, we're going to have our year end um, recap where we talk about a lot of our ideas and criticisms, and that criticisms part is going to be an issue. Um, you know, I'm going to want to try to put together a list to kind of send to Ben or at least to make to Ben's attention of like, hey, we'd like to see these changes in the off season. So look for that and be a part of that conversation. Um, so hopefully we can kind of make this game better in 2019. And we'll have a podcast episode to kind of talk about all of that. Hopefully we'll get Ben Bear on and get some of his thoughts on the on the season. So um, still a lot to look forward to, even though this is the last uh, week of picks. Yeah, definitely stay tuned to the Reddit because I'm not sure if that if we'll take a week off as we kind of wind down and get all that stuff together or if we're just going to post it next week. But uh, keep an eye out for that when that podcast drops. Of course, it'll be sent out on the Twitterverse and everything there on the interwebs. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening tonight. Uh, remember, round 35 starts on Sunday at 4.30. Everybody, be sure you have your roster set by then. Good luck.